service after that. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you brought us together to worship you. Thank you for the technology that makes this kind of worship possible. Father, we just pray that you would bless each person for having come to sway you, as you already have and as you will during this service. And we just pray that when we leave here, something we hear, something we experience will make us more like Jesus. Father, just guide us with your Holy Spirit and help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, Willadine, uh, you want to say a word here? It's good to see you all. I'm sorry anybody who's sick, anybody has the pandemic that we know of. And we're, I'm glad to have Willadine on camera with me, and uh, she's going to fill out the listening guide and slip off screen at this point with the uh, rest of you during the sermon time. She'll, she'll be uh, filling out the outline. So, again, thank you for being here today, yes, and uh, look forward to worshiping the Lord through music, through Chris's leadership. Chris, come lead us, please. You know, it's incredible to me that when Moses was standing before God at the burning bush and God gave him his marching orders and 
Moses gave all the reasons he couldn't, and then God told him, go anyway. Moses said, who am I supposed to tell the Israelites? Who am I supposed to tell them is sending me? He said, I am. That's so incredible. He didn't say, I'm the God of the Israelites. He didn't say, I'm the God that created the universe. He didn't say, I'm the God that will deliver, deliver you. He simply said, I am. Because Moses knew this was the only one true God. And he is the only one that is awesome enough and wonderful enough to simply be known as I am. No other can make that claim. And he is the reason we are here today to worship him because, just like that video showed, he is everything that that mentioned and he is so much more. And we come to his house to worship him and to praise the name of the great I am. And we have nothing to fear as long as God is on our side. Let's stand together and sing, Whom Shall I Fear? You hear me when I call, you are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. My strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me, yours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. And nothing formed against me shall stand. You hold the whole world in your hands. I'm holding on to your promises. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. 
the God of angel armies is always by my side. Amen. Isn't that great to know that God is with us? And we know that we will stand against anything because he is with us. He is our king. And we should rejoice because the earth trembles at his voice. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice And trembles at his voice How great is our God, sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands, and time is in his hands, beginning and the end beginning and the end the Godhead three in one Father, Spirit, Son the Lion and the Lamb the Lion and the Lamb how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God. How great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Amen. before you this morning thanking you for being the awesome and holy God that you are. We thank you that you are the maker of worlds, the creator of galaxies, 
but you also are our Redeemer. You are our, our friend, our Lord, our Savior. You walk with us daily, side by side. And we thank you so much that you are there for us, that we have nothing to fear. We know that the world is in turmoil right now and that Satan is working overtime to bring darkness across this earth and that he is attacking Christians everywhere because he wants to destroy us. But we know, Lord, that as long as we are faithful to you, nothing formed against us can stand. And we thank you for that promise. We thank you for that hope. And we acknowledge, Lord, that you are the only hope for this world. Our hope is not in governments. Our hope is not in uh, policies. Our hope is not in programs. There is only one in whom we place our trust, and that is the Lord God Almighty and his son, Jesus the Christ, the one who died for our sins. And we just praise you and lift up your name because it's right that we do so in this house, gathered together with our fellow believers proclaiming for all the world to hear that you are the one true God, and that you are the maker and the redeemer and the savior. And we give you glory and honor for who you are and what you have done for us. And we proclaim that we are not worthy of your love. We are not worthy of redemption, but you did so anyway because of your love for us. And we just ask you to forgive us of our sins Forgive us where we fail you, where we come up short. Help us to always come back to you to ask for forgiveness, to seek your redemption, to seek your love, and to seek your presence and to seek the joy of walking with you side by side. And we just ask, Lord, that as we continue to praise you, as we continue to lift up your name, may you be here among us. May we feel your presence and may your name be glorified and lift it up in this hour, for it's in your awesome and holy name that we pray. Amen. We continue to praise him. He is our God, and he is our Savior, and we are called to share his love with those around us. This song, Let Your Heart Be Broken for a World in Need, reminds us that we are called to love others. Let's stand together as we sing. Let your heart be broken for a world in need. Feed the mouths that hunger, soothe the wounds that bleed. Give the cup of water and the loaf of bread. Be the hands of Jesus serving in His stead. to rules above, living illustration of the living word to the minds of all who've never seen and heard. Add to your believing deeds that prove it true, knowing Christ as to follow in his footsteps 
has trod in the world's great trouble risk yourself for God let your heart be tender and your vision clear see the world as God sees serve him far and near let your heart be by another's pain share your rich resources give and give again amen i love to tell the story i love to tell the story of unseen things above of and his glory of Jesus and his love I love to tell the story because I know it is true it satisfies my longings as nothing else can do I love to tell the story will be and his love I love to tell the story is pleasant to repeat what scenes each time I tell it oh wonderfully sweet I love to tell the story for some have never heard no of salvation from God's own holy word I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old old story of Jesus and his love I love to tell the story pray. Father, as we come humbly into your presence in the stillness of this moment, Father, thanking you and praising you, we give you the glory, Father, for the opportunity that we have this morning to be in your house, to hear your word, to sing your praises, and Father, it goes through our mind how blessed we are, Father. There's many 
even in the country that we live in now, Father, that doesn't have this opportunity this morning, many living in fear, when we can openly and freely worship you, give you the glory, Father, for all the blessings of life that you've given us throughout life. And, Father, as we return to you this morning, your tithes and our offerings, I pray, Father, you will bless it, give us wisdom and knowledge to use it, Father, in a way that will please and glorify you. And, Father, that it will carry your word not only in this city, but in this country, Father, that so definitely needs to hear it this morning. The turmoil, Father, the people that are just destroying the creation that you made for us to enjoy. Father, and when we hear of little ones in the country that we live in, Father, their life is taken before they ever realize how great and mighty that you are. But, Father, I pray that people that make the laws, Father, that we're to live by, I pray, Father, they'll all come to you this morning. Ask, Father, for your wisdom and guidance, not man's, because too many men want to rule today. They don't think a thing about you. They, don't, they know that you're in control, I'm sure, Father, but they're taking it in their hands. But guide and direct us, Father, and I pray for the ones in our congregation, Father, that doesn't have the opportunity to be here this morning. I pray that you'll watch over and protect them. Bring them back when it's possible for them to be with us, Father. Again, I thank you for everyone here, and I pray when we depart from here, Father, we'll continue to give you the glory for how you have abundantly blessed us to let us be together. There's many, even in the city that we live in, Father, our friends, our neighbors, and people in our community, even in this city, Father, that can't be in worship this morning. But we give you the glory for it, knowing, Father, that this is one of the blessings of the day that you give us. So help us never to take it for granted, always giving you the praise for it. Again, I thank you for each one here. We just pray we'll use the day now to walk humble before you and to be obedient to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with care Headed who knows where On they go through private pain Living fear to fear Laughter hides their silent cries Only Jesus hears People need the Lord People need the Lord At the end of broken dreams He's the open door People need the Lord People need the Lord When will we realize People need the light to a world where wrong seems right what could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost through his love our hearts can feel all the grief they bear They must hear His words of life Only we can share People need the Lord People need the the end of broken dreams He's the open door People need the Lord People need the Lord When
Well, good morning again. Sorry about over-talking the worship video. Uh, Joan does send me a copy of the uh, PowerPoint. If I just opened it about a half a minute early, I would have seen it was a worship video. I, I thought maybe Chris was going to come in and sing when he was coming down the aisle. I've seen ministers of music do that and uh, <laughs> sing a song as if they're Simon Peter or some other figure from the Bible. And I was guessing that what it was if I just paid attention to the PowerPoint and had it open, I would have known. Uh, early on in this process of technology, I said to Jerry, I said, sometime when I'm uh, connecting with Zoom, just as I come on the screen, Jerry should have said something like, we got to do something about that preacher. <laughs> but uh, anyway, glad each of you are here. If you will, take your uh, sermon handout and let's look at Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 21. I do want to remind you that uh, the last message was on the parable of the soils. And this, uh, some people say the parable of the sower and the seed, and you may remember that. But th this was an unusual parable because in the first uh, block of the text last week, Jesus told the parable. It was about different kinds of soil and how they received the word of God. And then in the uh, there's a sort of a miniature uh, second block where he says to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom and uh, he said in, in effect so many words right now the, the crowds don't hear what I'm telling you and then he proceeded to unfold the parable and say what represents what but the Holy Spirit God and his uh, wisdom and uh, providence put that in scripture so in in this time uh, we're not in Jesus earthly ministry anymore obviously this is post-resurrection it's post ascension back to the father and waiting for Jesus to return we know uh, the mysteries that were at one time were just shared with the closest disciples the apostles it would be included in that so that does have a bearing on some of the points in this week's outline because this part falls on the heels of him telling them what at that time was a mystery but now is known. Okay, point number one, you'd probably guess this anyway, but the light of Christ's teachings should light our, what is it? Our, well, Adine answered, I don't, didn't hear anybody else, but lives should light our lives the light of christ's teachings should light our lives verse 21 he's also he said to them this is jesus talking of course is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed is it not to be set on a lampstand now what what does a what what is the purpose of a lamp well it's, it's to give light uh, obviously to a room or to a house of course, the lamps back then were different, obviously, but still, the function was the same. So, what's what's all this about lamps? He gave them something. There's been a book written many years ago. I've never read it. I've heard preachers make reference to it. I think it's called The Humor of Christ. And there are things that uh, don't strike us as immediately funny, but probably were in the context of the first century when he was teaching them 
This, this may well be one of them that's included in that book as a possible example of the humor of Christ. You know, what's the proper function of a lamb? He said, oh, well, you just put it under a basket or under a bed, right? Well, they knew that was the truth. Probably there was some chuckling and, you know, at the absurdity. They knew he was going somewhere with it. He said, is it not to be set on a lampstand, you know, on a chandelier, on a table? I mean, even the tables back then were different from what I understand, particularly the dining tables um, but somewhere that it could give light to the room. And that's the purpose of Christ's teachings, that it should light our lives and show us how to live. You know, uh, some people have referred to the Bible as the owner's manual. You know, some people don't pay attention to the owner's manual of a vehicle. I generally only drag it out of the glove compartment when I have to change a fuse when something or other start, stops working and I have to figure out which use goes where and I guess there are other useful things in there how to you know when you have a removable seat take it in and out give some instruction on that but the Bible obviously is much more profound than that the light of Christ's teaching should light our lives he, he shows us how to live uh, pledge allegiance to the Bible God's holy word and it will be a light into my path I believe that I believe that's how it is I should have just said it from the beginning but the the pledge of allegiance to the Bible which we often cited during vacation Bible school talks about the written word of God that is exactly the function that's the only way we know God's authoritative word now he can speak in prayer but he'll never as I've said many times he's never going to tell us something in prayer that contradicts the scripture. So the lamp is there to be a, a light of the, you know, in, in the illustration here of a room or a house, but in terms of application, it obviously is meant to light our lives as believers and as disciples who are striving to be faithful to uh, Lord Jesus as we follow him as disciples. Number two, the light of the gospel should be shown to everyone and shared with everyone. Now, there's a, you could say there's a subtle difference between those two. Now, verse 22, I think, is sometimes either misinterpreted or overinterpreted. I, I'm not 100% certain about what I'm about to say, but I'm, I'm reasonably certain. That's, that's some, some people who teach preaching say that a preacher should never say anything like that, but there's, there's, there are some things that are a matter of interpretation. And the reason I'm hedging a bit is because there are some people that are awfully certain that this verse is primarily about the end of time and that when we get to the end of time, everyone that's ever lived will have their whole life put on like a movie screen moment by moment. I don't, I, I don't pretend to know how that works with time and eternity, and but that every... Right here, verse 22, uh, you could almost you could pull this verse out of context. It says, for there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor anything uh, been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Now, that almost sounds like, you know, there's going to be a judgment, and every private moment, every public moment of every life that is lived, I mean, you know, it's eternity, so time just flies by, or it's in moments, it's re Everybody's life is revealed to everybody else. I don't want to see that movie. I don't want to see my own movie. I don't want to see your movie. 
but I don't really think this is what that's about. There are people who believe that and who teach it and preach it. And I'll tell you why I don't think that's what verse 22 is about. It's because of the context. It is because it, it was immediately on the hills of the parable of soils. It's immediately on the hills of the verses where he said, I'm speaking to you and uh, telling you what the mysteries mean. Here's what the parable means. And at that point, the, the big congregation, the people that would listen to him, they, they, didn't, they didn't have that information. At that point, it was just shared in a, a tightly drawn circle of, of uh, close followers of Christ, the most faithful, his inner circle, if you would, in the, in the earthly that traveled around the Galilean countryside with him. And uh, so in that context, when it says there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, that just means the gospel and the truth of the gospel and that. And all the things that he had taught them, that, that was for everybody. Nor has anything been kept secret that it should come to light. I mean, so one day, and it turned out to be through the pages of Scripture, of course, that the teaching of the parable of the soils, how he broke that down and interpreted the various components of the parable of the soils, the sower and the seed, uh, that has come to light. And it, so this is immediately on the heels of that. I think we... And I'm, I'm obviously not the first to say this. This is uh, just basic Bible one-on-one. -on -one. If you take a verse out of context, it's, it's like, it can be like pulling a healthy permanent tooth. It just jerks it up by the roots. And that, that's, that's wrong, obviously, dentally and Medically, if you just take a healthy tooth and pull it, and I don't know, maybe there's a reason sometime to do that dental-wise. I'm not aware of what it is. But if you do that with Scripture, you can end up misinterpreting or over-interpreting or under-interpreting a verse. But here, the thing that would not be hidden any longer and that would be revealed and the things that had been kept secret that would come to light. Those were the teachings of Christ, so the light of the gospel. And that, yes, the gospel is repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord because of his shed blood on Calvary. That's the gospel. But the light of the gospel involves all the teachings of Christ. And by the way, that includes from Genesis to Revelation because when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he said, he said to his disciples, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So the things that, uh, that Jesus taught in his earthly ministry, the things that he taught through the inspiration of Scripture in the Old Testament and the, and the Scriptures that would follow, even beyond the Gospels and Acts, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Romans, and on through Revelation, all of that is is part of Christ teaching as eternal son of God who inspired scriptures to be written and it comes to light and so we should show people the light that is the gospel light of the gospel should be shown to everyone okay let let your light so shine okay got that uh, but now just let your light shine is, is not going to give them enough information about how to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. So the light of the gospel is shown to everyone. Yes, you should let your light shine, but it should also be shared with everyone, 
not just through letting your light shine, but with words also. And maybe you telling someone, here's how I was saved. Here's what Christ has done for me. That's a testimony. But sometimes even if, if you don't tell them yourself, that's a really good thing to do is tell them yourself. Testify yourself, but also bring them to church. Bring them to a Sunday school class. Bring them to a worship service and where a teacher or a preacher will say, here's how to be saved. Repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. The gospel should be shown to everyone by giving evidence in your life that you're not just forgiven. You're not perfect. That old bumper sticker you say Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Well, we got to be more than just forgiven. We've got to show people that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And then we need to tell them by word how they can experience that and how they can receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. Uh, point number three, everyone has an obligation to hear and obey the truths of God. Uh, verse 23, just kind of an all-encompassing verse. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, that, that's, that's pretty comprehensive. <clears throat> and again, this, this phrase does recur in uh, Scripture. I think it was actually in the last week in the parable of the soils when he was saying, anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, you know, that's obviously a broad principle of everyone has an obligation to hear and obey the truths of God. It, it has, I mean, obviously there are people without ears. There are people who are deaf. There are people who were born with birth defects. That It's not meant to be broken down like that. It's just trying to say all human beings are obliged to hear and obey the truths of God. Now, God doesn't make you obey. It's a choice to follow Jesus. It's a choice to believe the gospel. And everyone's under an obligation to respond with yes, Yes, Lord, when they hear the gospel, but God gives the choice. You don't, you don't have to, but there's an obligation because he, the God of the universe, he knows what's best for us, and he has told us there is one way of salvation. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear, and they certainly need to hear that part. All right, point number four. Now, I've put this in quotes because I'm using it as a verb, and this is something that I don't think really is properly a verb, but I'll just say it, how Christians steward, and that's like stewardship without the ship on the end, how Christians steward, S-T-E-W-A-R-D, how Christians steward the light they receive can have a multiply, multiplying effect spiritually. Um, you know, how Christians... Steward, that means how you receive that information and what you do with it, how you uh, practice stewardship with the light that you receive. Verse 24 says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. Whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That's uh, the last part, probably a reference to the Pharisees and the scribes. Uh, 
they they thought they had something, but they boy talking about somebody that had overinterpreted uh, scripture. They had built human tradition upon tradition upon tradition upon tradition, and piled it all on top of what what was God's instruction, God's word. But they just made it so cumbersome nobody could follow that. No nobody could receive. Uh, I mean, they could they really didn't know obey even their own regulations according to what Jesus told us and they, had, they certainly didn't obey God's word it, they just made it such a burden Jesus said come unto me my yoke is easy and my burden is light unlike the Pharisees it says same measure you use it will be measured to you you know this is stated in both positive and negative ways about multiplying effects spiritually if you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind, it's sometimes said. And that's in a negative way, that uh, sin has a way, you dabble in it a little, and if it comes back upon you with 100,000 times the uh, negative punch and uh, impact on your life, that is, it's, it's a terrible um, Master, it is it is a terrible way of multiplying spiritually in a negative way and having a, a terrible effect when when sin governs our lives rather than Christ being Lord of our lives. But but here, you know, in verse twenty four, you who hear the moral beginning, it is the people who receive the gospel who received the gospel as true because it was spoken by the long-promised Messiah. It is those who receive Christ and are transformed in Christ into new creatures. The, the accepting of Jesus as Savior and Lord is only the beginning. It's not just signing the line on a fire insurance policy and then kick back and coast into heaven. No, it's just the initiation and the beginning and the transformative moment that leads to more transformation and the sculpting of a life by the Holy Spirit to become more and more like Christ over the course of a lifetime. Everyone's journey is a little different. The, the beginning is always the same. It has to start with the moment of salvation and receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, and the Holy Spirit will work during a lifetime. Some people don't even live a day after they get saved. And some people live for 50, 60, 70, 80, or more years, I guess in the 90, maybe a hundred, depending on what age they were saved. And some people have very short lives, but there's a there's an old gospel song called Between the Cross and Heaven, there's a whole lot of living going on. And that's that's a reference to the end. I mean, that's end of verse 24 would certainly be on point with the, that line from that song, to you who hear, and I think the implication there is hear the gospel, or receive the gospel, more will be given. We're given not just salvation and a ticket to heaven. That we certainly, and that's trivializing a little bit to say ticket to heaven, but it, it is that. If we truly receive Christ as Savior and Lord and trust in him, repent of our sins, and, and we have a home in heaven, but we, we have more than that in this life. We have abundant life, and that abundant life is something that every Christian should be living 
and enjoying through obedience to the Lord through, throughout their lives, however God, long God chooses to have us serve him here on earth. Okay, at this time, we're going to have an invitation and ask Chris to come back to the front. He, he and Lisa will be leading us uh, in song, and I just ask that if you have any response that you need to make during this time that you would uh, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can do that right where you sit. And if, if you need to talk to Chris or to me or anybody else after the service, uh, please do so. As we've said, we won't ask you to come forward. But just make that commitment in your heart as Chris leads us and in, in Lisa in our invitation hymn. Let's stand together and sing, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. I can hear my Savior calling, I can hear my Savior calling, I can hear my Savior calling, take thy cross and follow, follow me. Association gave some uh, supplies to the school also, so I don't want to duplicate what, what they, and, and try to find out what they really need before I order, but that's in the process. Okay. And be in prayer for the schools. Um, Montgomery's going to start sometime, and other school systems, I'll talk to Elmore, they have already started. Uh, they're actually going back to class, so be in prayer for them. And uh, also the college campuses, they're dealing with a lot of stuff right now. And um, so be in prayer for the tools for school that we're going to purchase. And they'll be used to help the children and uh, the teachers and that they'll have a good school year. But be in prayer for those uh, uh, blessings that we are giving to them. And thank you all, by the way, for giving and for making that possible in this difficult time. Again, pay attention to the Friendly Fellowship. 
Joan puts it out every week, and uh, she'll keep us informed, and she won't miss anything. She, she won't uh, leave us in the dark. She'll let us know everything that's going on. But to have a wonderful, blessed week, and we're going to close with a song, How Great Is Our God. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God.